Happy Friday, everybody, and welcome back to Brown Bag Bets. Powered by Betsburgs, you are your daily dose of quick and handicapping and sports betting picks. I'm Alex Christensen, and joining me as always is Mr. Andy Molitor. And frankly, folks, because we need a little bit of help here on this Friday to get some picks in, Mr. Matthew Rooney joins us to talk baseball and hockey. But most importantly, gentlemen, it's over. There are no more terrible Celtics games that I have to watch or pretend to have watched. I did turn last night off after the first quarter, and it's, it seemed like the move. I mean, how much of the game did you watch, Andy? <laughs> so I forgot something at the office, had to run in, and I asked the wife, I'm like, you want to go to the bar for a bit? I'm like, you want to come with? We'll go to the bar, and we did, and um, got there. Every TV at that bar was on Chicago Fire. Like, they'd been watching <clears> – <throat> Maybe it had the golf on because it was USA. And I sat down. I'm like, can, can we put back? It was halftime. To be fair, it was halftime. So I didn't have to like yell show. at the guy to get over here and say, turn it on. So, but eventually when he came and took my order, I'm like, can we watch basketball? Like what's going on? And some people at the end of the bar were a little miffed that they didn't get to catch the end of the episode. I'm like, guys, it's a, it's a bar. Go home and watch freaking Chicago Fire. It's on demand. What was your order at the I, bar? So oh, I took it easy. Just some, just club soda, nothing else. They do have these amazing uh, Southwestern egg rolls. So it's a good, it's a good little joint and uh, took in most of the third quarter there. Third quarter got exciting at the end when the Celtics made a little run. Obviously the fourth quarter didn't, uh, didn't cap that off and fuck the Warriors just played good. And you cannot turn the ball over that many times and win any games. I don't think. Unless you're playing like the Kings, I don't know. Like you, you'd have to be playing a pretty bad team to turn the ball over Const, constantly. I think was the the stat I saw. <laughs> the, I believe that was the. It was like two out of three possessions. Sometimes, like they're not even getting shots off. They're just going down there, jumping into the lane, and having the ball stripped. It was it was a rough watch if you were a, a Celtics fan or backer. But yeah, we're done with that. We're on to the draft and summer league, and then basketball starts again in like a month. Yeah, no surprise draft picks today. Nothing really popped up over yesterday. Again, stuff is still opening up. We'll do a more focused effort next week and try to get you up to bat. But it was a great season. Kudos to Warriors fans. It's fun to see that group get another championship sort of later on. I think that'll be this is probably really important for that team from a legacy perspective to not only get that extra title, but to have gotten it a few years away from the other ones when not that necessarily everybody kind of wrote them off. But, you know, I think they were a little bit of an afterthought before this season. Oh, for sure. I mean, just the odds going into the playoffs kind of confirmed things. So have you all considered the Warriors force those turnovers? That's it's fair, but a lot of them were just horrible passes. And and the thing is, even a strip, which you I would consider like a forced turnover, when you are just going into the lane without a plan, that's how those strips happen. You know, it's uh, it does take two to tango for sure. So, it was it was it was rough watch for some of the offense because some of those turnovers were very much unforced. And Patrick, I didn't think they were a WNBA team. I thought they were a soccer team, the Chicago Fire. But you know, I think Chicago Fire is. Is it the Columbus it? Crew? Chicago, no, Chicago Fire is our MLS. Chicago team. might be. Oh. Uh, uh, that is an MLB team. Wow. Or an MLS, the MLS. only MLS team with a terrible, yeah. uh, a terrible one-hour drama named after it. Although <laughs> I would watch. Hey, look at that! I don't know. I'd probably watch a Minnesota United. Chicago Sky is the WNBA team. 
defending say, WNBA uh, champion Chicago. Spurs. I was I was gonna say I could have told you that. I did watch. I I didn't watch the uh, Stanley Cup Finals, but I definitely watched some WNBA Finals. Sorry, man. I'll watch the next game. Definitely game you, tomorrow. No, you won't. It's Saturday night. You're not gonna watch it. Ah, you know what I'm doing tomorrow? Just before we even get into anything here, my wife's twentieth class reunion. Twentieth. That's how old we are. But she graduated with a class of like, I don't know, 14, 20, something like that. So like a good turnout. What what, what a percentage for a class reunion? A good turnout is like 20, 30%. I don't know. So there's going to be like six people there. So it's going to be, it's going to be weird, but a quiet uh, affair. It's, it'll be a quiet affair. Going to do that, and then, no, I'll, I'll head back to the farm. We'll be at the in-laws this weekend. I'll watch the hockey game at night. So going to watch it, and then today I'm going to watch some ba- – do we have day baseball? I know we did yesterday. We're going to have we Saturday, do, obviously, but uh, is any of this day baseball? Or are you making me wait? I, I honestly, especially when I, I do it here on Tuesday, sometimes, too, just Tuesday, there's not a whole lot of day baseball unless you have a doubleheader. Whenever I come in here on Fridays, I always try and throw in a White Sox pick because I have to make a White Sox pick, and then – to look at the day games first and see what I can get from there. But that's exactly what I did. I have White Sox picks and I have two day baseball picks because it's Friday day baseball. Everybody wants something to watch on the TV and gamble on it. There's, there's no, I don't, I don't know about the tennis this afternoon, but I, knew, I do know there's baseball on at noon and I'm sure you could probably find it somewhere. So why not, why not bet on that? The amount of matches has kind of forced tennis into mostly the morning right now. So we will need some day baseball as we uh, are still in the international break for, most of soccer. So, yeah, day baseball, what do we got? Uh, I, I threw in the Phillies here. That, I think I'm going to start from the bottom here and work my way up, or at least start at the bottom. Threw in the Phillies for, for noobs here. They're, they're playing at noon, I think, or 1 o'clock your time, uh, Eastern, at the Nationals, who have been just awful this year in the Phillies offense, starting to turn themselves around the last five games. I think they put up double-digit runs a couple times, and the Nationals are just really, really bad. They're throwing – uh, the pitcher they're throwing today, uh, Jonah Don, is like one in ten with an ERA in the mid sixes. So day baseball, six team total runs. I think that's enough for the Phillies' offense, who have really since in dumping Joe Girardi have been a lot better and seem like they got a little bit of jolt out of that, especially at the plate. Six runs for a for a one o'clock start, noon start. I think that's a lot of fun to root for. Um, I'm gonna go to the top here, Braves Cubs. That's uh, I think an hour after the Phillies game starts. Taking Dan's Braves. Dan, is it 14 or 13 in a row that the Braves have now won? You can put in the chat there. I think it's 14. Uh, they're figuring it out. They have the Cubs who have been just – obviously, you guys don't live in Chicago, but the Cubs are this, even as, as bad as they are, they still get a lot of headlines here because they're kind of the more, you know, quote-unquote fan-friendly popular team in town. Cubs fans are just absolutely livid, and it's, it's, it's getting really bad after what was kind of like a fun, you know, rebuildy type start. The, the reality is starting to sink in that they, they've been just awful. I think they just got swept by the Padres in a series that they allowed 12 and 19 runs in the last two games. So they're kind of spiraling a little bit. Braves are coming in and kind of rolling, and you have a pitching matchup that actually on paper favors the Cubs. Charlie Morton hasn't been very good this year. Keegan Thompson has, and I think that's why you're getting, you know, minus two and a half is plus 154, minus one and a half was right around even money. I just figured, you know, it's it's day baseball. We like taking uh, going for a little bit extra juice on here, so I upped it to the minus two and a half. And I'm, I'm taking the Braves, Dan Braves, the, the tale of two streaks here on a, a 14 game winning streak against the Cubs, who have lost 10 in a row. Dan says Cubs money line, but Dan sometimes is a uh, a skeptical Braves fan, or sometimes likes to fade his own team for his own emotions, which I I totally support. 
Um, and then White Sox Astros going with the over eight. The White Sox offense starting to wake up a little bit. They scored, I think, 59 runs in their last in the last week, and not not that they've been playing the best of competition, but they yeah. faced some decent pitchers along the way, and they're, they're picking up some uh, some runs. And they're going to Houston, who has historically over the last couple of years, especially hit the Sox pretty well. Uh, Lucas Giolito is throwing for the Sox. He is a you know fastball changeup pitcher, and the changeup has been a little bit off since he came off the COVID IL. He's still working on it. Uh, and if that's not working, Houston's going to get their chances, pitches to hit, and they're they're a good fastball hitting team. So I expect them their offense to be pretty solid today against the Sox. And Framber Valdez is a lefty. He's been good this year throwing for the Astros, but the Sox offense has feasted on lefties historically over the last couple of years. So I think eight at close to even money is a, is a pretty fun over to root for on a Friday night. Yeah, <clears throat> I like that. Just I reading damn cheering... thing, baseball is stupid. Baseball is stupid sometimes. Although Baseball White, is definitely White, stupid sometimes. The White Sox are pretty good, <laughs> right, Matt? Are they in first place? We're getting there. Well, clearly they have, well second, they have to be in second place then, right? We're getting there as well. Oh, geez. They're they're not stuck in the middle, are they? Yes, uh, we'll, we'll t- uh, talk to me in a month, Andy. Talk I, to I me in a month. When the the... How, how are the Guardians above 500? What's that? You know, the Cleveland and Minnesota. Oh, they got Kershaw have... tonight. That's not going to last long. Yeah, Cleveland and Minnesota have had the – they've played a lot more, especially Minnesota's played a lot more of Kansas City and Detroit so far early, and they've done their part of kind of taking advantage against those teams. And the Sox, I think, have faced – this is the Sox. Sox just had their second series against Detroit. They've only had one, I believe, or two against Kansas City as well. So they got a lot more games against those teams. You know, the bottom feeders come in the second half. Uh, and Minnesota has a few more steps. Know, the, the top half's uh, top half of the AL coming up. So the Sox have a tough schedule up until this point, and I think starting next week, I think they have on paper the easiest schedule in the AL going forward. So I think uh, the schedule's kind of flipped there. Minnesota's done really well, kind of feasting on the bad teams, and that's why they have kind of kind of built themselves a big lead. Uh, and I think kind of in the second half, we see things even out here when you know the, the twin schedule gets a little tougher, and the Sox start to see a little bit more. I don't want to say easier opponents, but easier opponents. Yeah. And, and as I just went and looked to make sure you weren't lying. And the Sox have faced a, not hard, but much harder. It's middle of the road. But the Twins and the Guardians have faced the third and fourth easiest. I mean, the Sox have had the Yankees twice. They've had the Blue Jays. They've had the Rays twice. Uh, they I got think the a lot Astros of, a lot coming of up is, here twice and the Blue Jays again. Yeah, a lot of it is Red just Sox like twice. The, the Orioles and Blue Jays have played the Yankees a bunch, and they because they will. Same thing yeah. with Angels. Angels, Rangers, Mariners have had to play the Astros, and uh, the Astros. And who's the other decent team out there? Are the A's any good? Anyway, I digress. Yeah, the A's talk. had like a they had like a fun start for like the first week, and people were like, oh, here come the A's again. Like they're just going to have the lowest payroll and be good, and then they just stopped being awful. And yes, Patrick, Tony LaRusa does have to go. He's not a very good manager. And I think upper management has kind of started managing the team for him about the last week. I'm Bowdy. I can dig it. All right. Oh, fucking Brooks. Brooks Kepka's playing very well today, and it's very interesting. Uh, what's he at? Uh, he's sure. four under on the day. Taking Where did he finish it yesterday? Four over? Uh, three over, I believe. Three so over, okay. He is one under... Taking advantage of the morning round, it's going to play a little easier in the morning. Stinks for me because I played a, a matchup against him. My other matchups are looking good. Luke List is four over for the day. Luckily, the guy I bet him against is nine over for the day. So oh. he is maintaining a, a seven-stroke lead in a matchup where 
Both men certainly will be cut. And they're both uh, Aaron, Phil. Yeah, Aaron Wise over Webb Simpson's a four-stroke lead, but we have an afternoon uh, round for Aaron Wise. And Adam Hadwin, again, another one I bet on. He is four over for the day, but he still remains six strokes up on his opponent who has not even golfed yet today. So there's it's been some some results. Yeah, there was a Joel Dahman, Phil Mickelson matchup that was offered. Dahman leads that by 14 um, <laughs> in the full. <laughs> Dahman's 300. Phil has been bad. So I, I Joel Dahman, this morning. Joel, Joel Dahman has uh, 14, yeah, 14 strokes to play with this afternoon so far. Phil's Phil not had, done yet. Phil had like a 15-footer I was watching this morning. I think it was for par because he, that's he's always putting from 15 feet for par so far in the U.S. Open. But like he missed it like a foot to the left. It wasn't like one of these that you thought was going to break down and just didn't. He just flat out missed it about a foot left, like just a straight line, <laughs> complete and total push. And it was it's it's one of the worst efforts I've seen putting from a professional and. It, a major, let alone any golf tournament. It's I've seen him bad. hit a moving ball on the green, so maybe it's not even in his top five. Well, at least not top one. So, but yeah, one one quick pick today before we get some other stuff. I said I wasn't going to bet on Cam Young. I didn't think it was a good place for Cam Young, but boy, does Brandon Grace not line up well with this course. He played very poorly yesterday. That's not always an indicator of a guy who's going to play you know, continue to play poorly, but he was a morning round yesterday. Like he should have, he had the easiest conditions possible so far we've seen. And he was six over my, my rankings, my stats, everything did not like him coming in as far as a matchup. I did again, the Hadwin is bet against him. So I'd love to see him at least uh, play poorly today for that one or at least play even par so he's cut, but I have him as just an absolute albatross. Like he just that's a good thing in golf. Like he his game is not suited right now for how this course is playing. So I'm like, fuck it, we'll take Cam Young. Cam Young, even laying a half stroke. I've I've been laying a lot. I laid half a stroke and a half in every full tournament matchup I played last week. I'm gonna. I've laid it a bunch with these this week. I'm laying half strokes and a bunch of daily matchups, and I'm doing it again here because it is a big price. But again, I think it should be much bigger. So I don't. I don't see this being terribly close. You never know because golf is golf. It's like baseball. It's dumb. But Cam Young minus a half stroke over Brendan Grace minus one eighteen. That one does not start for a while. You would have until. Roughly 12.47 Eastern, Cam Young tees off. So like 12.30 Eastern, you got like an hour or so, two hours. I have no idea. What time is it hour. now? No, 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 1.47 Eastern. I am looking at Eastern. Oh, yeah, you, got you like said 12.47 Eastern. I, I, did the, I did the adjustment to Central Time for some reason. Time zones are hard. Brain is broken and it's Friday. It shouldn't be time zones. Just be no. the same time everywhere. Universal time. You know what the, the time zone they use on the International Space Station? Universal time. That's where we should be. Yeah, we should all be on that one. All right. Did you bet any tennis or we just run out of matches this week? We got one. Just one. Luckily, uh, Ben Linda Benchich finished up her match quickly enough, so we did get a price on her versus Maria Zachary in Berlin. Nothing on Birmingham. Um, probably going to bet Zhang again. They continue to give me her as an underdog against some of these women that just struggle against grass, but haven't seen a line for that pop up yet. Maybe tomorrow morning. But 
in Berlin early tomorrow morning. Belinda Bencic and Maria Zachary play. This should be a great match. Um, and I'm going to take the over here. Again, 21 and a half games. These grass matches are m- much longer. And I just don't think books necessarily make the adjustment, especially for this matchup here. I think there's a good chance, again, that we see three sets, kind of similar to the handicap I had yesterday. Now, Zachary blew cast keen out of the water, so it didn't really go so hot. But I think this is going to be a very competitive match. We've seen all of Benjic's match go three sets here already this week. Historically, she plays very long matches on grass. Same here with Zachary, especially against better players. Um, you watch the two of these play against top 20, top 25 players, which was what we have here. We look at some very long matches. So the matchup, all the numbers here are dictating to me a really long match here. I would honestly have maybe a 22 and a half if I was hanging a number here. So 21 and a half games at minus 15 or better looks pretty good. If you want to play 22 at a cheaper number, that's fine. But I'm happy to take the 21 and a half. So we'll go over early in Berlin. Where's Benchich? Is she Swiss? She is Swiss. Oh, nailed it. Nailed it. Good hockey country, it's too. Swiss or is that Sweden? You know what? There's Swiss hockey players. Switzerland's too. a good, pretty decent hockey country, too. There's got to be say some it. hockey so, up there. All that ice. All that ice. Take a break from and you know, you, you, know what, you know what their favorite part of the rink is, Matt? What, Andy? The neutral zone. <laughs> <laughs> That's so- I'm, I'm gonna sorry. leave now. You guys, you guys I'm talk sorry. about hockey. I can, I can read your hockey bets if I can pronounce. What was the end of the joke? I was just laughing at Matt. I wanted to hear the end of the joke. What was the it? neutral zone, like the neutral oh, zone. Because they're neutral. Uh, they're neutral. Uh, anyway, there's a game tomorrow. Game two. There is. One of these teams leads the series one nothing, and they will they will continue to try to uh, put a chokehold on it. I'm hoping, I'm hoping it ends up one one. I do have a small ish bets on over five and a half games played in the series everybody else who's smart said that was a decent bet at the price so i bet it so i'm hoping it's two two after four games but tomorrow game two in denver there you go it is in what denver. Did you get Colorado. what price did you get at that over five and a half uh buck 30 minus 30 minus okay. 130 that's so, uh, crap, I, like crap that it early. I got some of that yeah, I think we all just kind of grabbed it. Like, oh, let's go spend some money at Bavada. But uh, as usual, you have some props and some some looks for us as the Lightning and the Avalanche get together and play a hockey game tomorrow. What uh, you know, what are we betting? Because I let over five and a half. Saturday. Like, unless you get a, like I, all of these games are going to be close. We saw game one was really good, went back and forth, and Colorado eventually won in overtime. Um, but with the way game one looked, like the only way this isn't a six or seven game series in, in my opinion is if just one team happens to get all the late bounces in overtime, like the overtime winner Colorado got was uh, kind of a, a bad bounce off a, a block shot. Tampa defenseman blocked a shot, bounced right to a Colorado, uh, Colorado forward who got it over to Burakovsky for the winner. I can't remember who had the assist off the top of my head. I think it was Lechner, but either way, just kind of bad bounce gave t- Colorado a two on one. And that's how they won that game. I mean, I think that's kind of the type of series we're going to see two really good teams going back and forth. Um, and it's going to be a game of who gets the bounces and win. Colorado got in game one, got, got the win in game one. Um, but I, I do have some, some three bets for the game. And then I also wanted to get back to my, my Vasilevsky con Smythe prop. I talked about on uh, Tuesday, I'll get to that at the end, but I'll go with the game picks first here. 
uh, betting Nathan McKinnon a couple different ways. Uh, he was held off the not score sheet totally had an assist in game one, but didn't score. He was held goalless uh, in games one through four of the St. Louis series. And since that point, he hasn't gone back to back games without, you know, going scoreless. He, he's he scored in every other game since then. I like him. It's it's not too juicy at plus 142, but, you know, it's still plus 142. That's still pretty good, you know, plus money. Uh, um, the best goal scorer on either team to, to get one. And he gets so many chances. His, his shots on goal total is over four and a half. Usually for these guys, the normal total is, you know, two and a half, three, three and a half for like the really high volume shooters. And McKinnon's is four and a half at minus 145. It's because he has seven shots on goal a game in his last four games. And he's averaging just under six for the playoffs, like 5.8. So it's it's laying some juice there, but I, I, I have no problem backing him. He's going to generate chances. It's just a matter of whether or not he's actually getting the shots on net or if they're getting deflected, hitting posts, whatever. He's going to get a ton of shot attempts, uh, and I expect him to go over that. And with that good of a shooter with that many shots, one of them is bound to go in, right? Uh, and then Vasilevsky, I got a little greedy here going up to the 40-plus saves because 39-plus <laughs> was like plus 260, and then 40 was like jumped up to plus 320. It was like, oh, come on. He's going to get one more. more. Um, but really, so that's what I have on the card, but also if you go to FanDuel, they have, it, it's nice. They don't have like an over under for saves. They have goalie props and they're just alternate save totals. And you, you know, you click show me more, you click Andre Vasilevsky and it's every number from like 25 to 50 in terms of saves. I think right around 35 plus is where you start seeing it become plus Same. money. So that's where I would look around there, look around the 34, 35, 36 mark and kind of where you feel comfortable, go ahead and grab one. So I do think Colorado is going to generate a lot of offense. I was, I was actually very impressed with them after they, they jumped out to the early lead, took advantage of a bad, rare, bad period from Andre Vasilevsky in, in, in uh, the first period. But those second two periods, you know, Tampa came back, scored a couple goals quickly, and it looked like, oh, like tide might be to them. And Colorado really kind of went back and just got control of the game again. And they didn't really fold under that pressure they didn't really back down they, they just kind of came back started playing their game and i think that was very encouraging going forward for them um so i, I think they're going to generate a bunch of chances again at home so 40 plus saves plus 320 throw a little bit on there back mckinnon i think those are the, the two bets here really for me the vasilevsky one is kind of taking a flyer and hopefully colorado gets an extra power player too and see some more shots um but then vasilevsky's con smythe um it was plus 430 on tuesday they lost game one in an overtime battle where Vasilevsky had one bad period and then was really dominant for two periods in the second and third periods. He was fantastic, stopped a whole bunch of shots. I still think this series runs through him for Tampa. And if they're going to win, it's going to be because he have, he puts in a Conn Smythe performance and he's already there, you know, the, the lightning favorite to win the Conn Smythe. And they lost one game in overtime. They lose a lot of game ones. That's not new. I don't see why. I mean, the price jumped because they're down one nothing in the series, but Tampa goes down one nothing in the series a lot. They're a team that gets better as the game, the series go on. He's a goalie that's get, that gets better as series go on. So plus 650 for him, I think that's a no-brainer to grab a little bit of a flyer on. Tampa's series money line, I think, went up to like plus 220, plus 230 some places. That's fine too, but I, I for me, I just I think the value is so much there in plus 650 because I think, like I said, this is destined to go six or seven, and he's a guy who is in games sixes and sevens is just unbelievable. So I, I really like him at plus 650. I think by the time you get to game five or six, his odds will be back down to like plus 300. There is something to say to just these MVP awards. Like again, like a friend, our friend Doc Better was 
and I think some of this was crossing with other people, but essentially he got Curry almost at even money for MVP. And, and again, when you're crossing with someone and you're just betting against someone else who's has a bunch of money, like he, the limits are whatever that guy is willing to bet. So I think he was able to get some bigger limits on a, on an MVP market that maybe wasn't taking big limits. So, and it, it the correlation was so high there that essentially he just got the best warriors series price possible pre-series with, you know, a high certainty that there wasn't mm-hmm. going to be an Andrew Wiggins MVP weirdness. Yeah. So, I mean, there is a little, maybe a little less correlation with this because a lightning player could score a shitload of goals or something. But I think if you are jump one to jump on the lightning for the series, probably doesn't hurt to maybe split your bet up between lightning and then Vasilevsky. Uh, I'm just going to say MVP. I'm not going to say Conn yeah, that, That's totally fine. fine. I don't know fine. who this Conn Playoff, playoff MVP, is. that's fine. But no, like, yeah. you, like you talked about with like Curry, they're kind of the narrative going into that series was – like you said, unless a guy like a Wiggins or a Clay was, you know, unbelievable and won them every game, it was going to be Curry's MVP to lose. That's not to the, it's not to that extent that Andre Vasilevsky's the guy, but like the narrative for him now after the last two years is he is the best playoff goalie in the world. He's one of the best goalies in the world. Tampa's got a very deep team and their goaltender is kind of, and their goaltender is amazing. And he's kind of not, again, quite to the extent that Curry had the narrative MVP kind of locked up. Vasilevsky's definitely the, you know, head, you know, headliner for that trophy for them because he is the guy that has kind of sure. as good as the team is, the reason that they get as far as they do and then can win so late in series because he's not stands on his head, but is just so consistent in that. Yeah. I'm down. And then I put NBA draft here just in case we had something, but Noob's already touched a little like gonna be more next week. I still don't have a lot of offerings. I'd say over the weekend you're gonna see a lot of those pop up. If you have anything, DM us. If you have some questions or you see a bunch of new markets, hit us up. I'm always excited to bet into that. I'll probably have a guest on the Deep Dive Monday. If you follow at Deep Dive Pod, there's a little bit of a hint. We'll talk uh, We'll talk a lot of draft next week. I love drafts. I love betting on drafts. So thanks to Matt. Thanks to Alex. Producer Dan, thanks to you. The audience, the, the commenters, everyone. Thanks to FanDuel. And uh, we'll catch you guys Monday. Have a fun weekend.